And welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, speaking with Brennan Layton, winemaker, here in Walla Walla Valley. This is part of our In the Vineyard series. So, Brennan, you are now with Charles Smith and Andrew um, producing wines. Tell us some of the labels and what is your role now? Um, so, my job, we all have kind of similar jobs. It's not like one person is over the other, but um, my job is to focus on the whites to focus on the, the core wines, the production wines, and um, to focus on the vineyards outside of Walla Walla. Andrews is to focus um, on uh, operations um, in our estate vineyards, um, Walla Walla vineyards, um, and making the red wines and managing the cellar. Okay. And then Charles oversees kind of the whole thing. And so we have K Vintners, we have Charles Smith Wines, nice. and then what are the other labels and, and projects happening? So there's a new Chardonnay called Sixto, which we just finished bottling and will be released in the fall. And it's a it's a it's a project we were talking about it earlier that Charles wanted to to somewhat reinvent the idea of Washington Chardonnay. And um, the Chardonnays, what we did was we went out and we found these old vineyards that had somewhat been forgotten about. And um, they're they're in cooler sites, higher elevations, in soils that tend to have a lot of um, what we call Washington caliche or or, um, calcium silica or limestone yeah. yeah and and um and fragmented basalt they tend to be um much cooler higher elevations above 1300 feet um so that they're ripening much later in the season they're ripening in in late september early october so that they which is late for white wine very late yeah. most of the warm sites in chardonnay typically when i was working at saint michelle we were picking um on warm years before Labor Day, and in cool years just after Labor Day, uh-huh. at fairly high bricks, and we wanted to work in some vineyards where we'd harvest much later at lower bricks, high acidity, and and that's really what we wanted to do. Is we wanted to make these wines that we thought could really um, rejuvenate the idea of Chardonnay in Washington that we can make these Chardonnays that are, are uh, extraordinarily beautiful, um, refined, um, resilient wines um, that have a, a ton of character and... Um, class. And have a lot of class, yeah. you know, and are going for not, you know, and I hate you know, one of the least favorite things is like, oh, is this old world or is this California? You know, but I think that we, we, not to say we don't respect California Chardonnays and we have a lot of respect for what they've done for Chardonnay, but we felt like that Washington had the ability to make something different and, and, and extremely special and not like California. So are these vineyards top secret? No, so <laughs> not at all. Um, and and they're going to be released as so we made four wines. We made um, three vineyard designated wines, and then one cuvee. So let me guess. 
Otis, Salilo, and... Absolutely not. Okay, what? So, the first one is the lowest elevation wine, which is a wine, um, called, a vineyard called Rosa Hills. Ah. And Rosa Hills is owned by uh, Sal Leone. Yeah. And, uh, and it's been used for a long time in, in various wineries have used this. Beauty used to do a Rosa Hill shard. And it's a higher elevation, very, you know, um, old vines, 35 year old vines. And, um, we thought that the vineyard had kind of been lost and not really, uh, explored. And so that was one of them. Um, the next one is a vineyard that um, it's traditionally known as Healy Vineyard, but we call it Moxie because it's right above the town of Moxie, about 1,450 feet elevation. Um, it's an older vineyard, about 35 to 37 years old. And where's well. Moxie? Is that uh... Moxie is just east of uh, Yakima city in what's called the moxie valley okay which is the moxie valley is is uh extremely famous for its hops and moxie the town of moxie is is an old french town uh french canadian town where hops were first started to grow and it's it's um and there's a f famous family i'm forgetting the name of them but they own um a brewery which i find to be a really exciting brewery that a lot of West Siders don't get to taste very often because it's mostly on the east side called Bale Breaker. Hmm. And the thing that they're doing that's really exciting, I know this is a total this is a total side subject, <laughs> sidebar. But um, they're they're growing their own hops and then making beer with their own hops. So they're kind of doing a state beer, which I find really exciting. And they're really good at making their own breeds of hops. And so anyways, this Moxie place and and I'm a big fan of of um, what they're doing in, in the Moxie area, and it's uh, M-O-X-E-E, -E, not like typically oh. spelled. Uh -huh. And um, it's a higher elevation, and it's a vineyard called, we call Moxie Vineyard, but um, it's a vineyard that was used for a long time in the in making of sparkling for St. Michelle, and Lux in particular, and the problem with the vineyard was that it got older where it stopped producing a, a big big enough yield to make sense uh, financially for that wine. And so it kind of came up and, and we grabbed it and it's only 19 acres and we took the whole thing and now we use, um, we, we don't use it all. Hopefully someday we'll be big enough where we can use it all. Hmm. But um, we, we take some of that fruit and we put it into, um, into um, some of our production Chardonnays, so that you know we can take the whole vineyard. Um, it's it's an extremely wonderful vineyard. Um, so we got so Rosa Ridge, we got Moxie, Ro Rosa Rosa Hills, sorry Rosa Rosa Hills, Moxie, and then the last one that we're working with. Well, not the last one because we're picking up a new one, but the last one for this vintage was a vineyard called Frenchman Hills, which I had worked with at Saint Michelle as well, and. Um, it's a vineyard, it's, it's the youngest of our vineyards. It was planted in uh, 98. So it's not, uh, it's not extremely old, but it's 17, 18 years old. And where are the Frenchman Hills? Frenchman Hills are, um, they, well, they are the, the next hills over from the Saddle Mountains. So you would go north from the Waluk Slope, you'd go to what's called the Royal Slope. 
and then above the Royal Slope, it's called the Frenchman Hills. Vineyards that people would know about um, is is uh, Stillwater, oh, okay, um, Lawrence Vineyards, uh, yeah. um, uh, Stone Ridge, which is the really? famous vineyard yep. for uh, the the Royal City Syrah that that Kay makes, and um, um, we we also make uh, the King Cole out of that vineyard. And what's the elevation up there? Is it? 1,300 feet, 1,400 feet? Or so, the, so the vineyard that we're working at is actually closer to 1,700 feet elevation. Wow. And it's on a northern slope. Um, Do you get snow there? I mean, I bet you do sometimes if you get well, a little rain. Eastern Washington, yeah, we all get snow. <laughs> this whole place is full of snow. It's something like sitting there going, oh, Chris, I know. How, do you not gather very I often? don't, because it's sunny in Walla Walla right now, so it seems like it's paradise. It's too funny. Well, that's really interesting um, to find these old vineyards, and this must be um, so rewarding to have a, uh, a business plan that allows you to, um, you know, obtain parcels and, and have the whole area to play with, and, and not be worried about you know competitions per se in the vineyard rows and things like that. Yeah, no, and, it, and the the best thing about it is that you know we're doing our own style of viticulture. We're really working hard with these people to 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 you know to really work the, the, the vineyards the way we want them to be worked. Um, we, we have um, certain philosophies that aren't used a lot and we feel really strongly about the quality of, of wines that we get out of that. Um, you know, so the other thing is we do um, indigenous, non-inoculated uh, uh, primary and secondary fermentation um, ML on these wines. Um, Where are these being fermented? They're here in Walla Walla at our okay. facility, at our K facility. Um, and we do about, I mean, anywhere from 20 to 30% new French oak on the wines. We, we ferment and we do it in punch-ins. We're doing it in large punch-ins. We actually do um, one of the wines, um, half of it's done in uh, fermented. The first fermentation is takes place in a cement tank. Concrete, yeah. Um, and so... You like know, batonage, you do a lot of lees contact? or you... We do a ton of lees contact. We don't do a lot of batonage. Okay. We're reductive winemaking, so we let things sit on So you don't want the air lees. in there, got it. We don't want air. Right. You know, we're not about trying to get these huge kind of wines out of it. Okay. But they're all barrel fermented. All except for concrete. Right. Got it. And um and then they're aged in barrel for fifteen months. And in punching or do you transfer to a no in punching. Okay. Yeah. Well there is some barrique uh -huh. in, involved, um, but in time we will be hundred percent punching. So curious about in the K Vintner facility, were they producing white wines prior to this project? They've always made two Viognier's. Um, they made the Lawrence Vineyard Badge Viognier and then the Den Hode um, K Viognier. Were those inoculated prior to you getting here? I mean, no, they, they've always been the same as as, as me. They've always been uninoculated. So the indigenous yeast must be something that also ferments Syrah. I would imagine. I mean, you can't have like ten different kinds of yeast living in there. It's got to be a dominant one, right? You see Davis guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of new research and and um, I think it's really interesting what's going on with that. Um, certainly, there's a lot of um, uh, uh, con not controversy but disagreement on what's the truth about that. So I think I'll just tell my truth, okay? Which is the truth that I think it is. 
which is I think that there's many yeasts that do the fermentation and that it can be, um, I've, I've, I, when I've done trials, it's been up to like 25, 30 different yeasts throughout the fermentation. And that one is really, is dominating. Mm. And, and because of that, that's where that complexity comes from is that there's so many different things doing it wow. rather than just one yeast that when you add a commercial yeast you get one flavor profile throughout the whole wine and that is the reason why we use indigenous yeast got it so many hands make light work yeah that's <laughs> so you have a we have a glass of wine here let's tell us about this this is a sauvignon blanc yeah so this is for a new project and and i i would love to tell you the name of it but i'm not sure that i'm allowed to have yet to, to the new the new label that this will be in but it's uh sounds like <laughs> two syllables <laughs> we won't go there Chris. We're playing charades with brendan layton here on NPR radio but it's um, it's a it's a high end Sauvignon Blanc. It comes from a vineyard called Sunset, which is all caliche soils or limestone soils up in the Ancient Lakes area. A friend of mine named Ryan Flanagan is his old family farm, and it's a it's a Sauvignon Blanc um, uh, barrel fermented in neutral French oak. Uh, it's about four or five months in barrel. Um, it's picked up such lovely color, though. I'm surprised that that's just neutral. Yeah, and 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 really that color. Um, it's, I think it's, it's gorgeous and some people would say that has a little bit of age on it but it doesn't it's just the color that it gained from the fermentation itself and the leaves that we had this year and I don't think that that's going to be a consistent thing through you know and I've seen this happen before with Sauv Blanc before and Sauv Blancs I've made in the past and every four or five vintages you'll have something like that from a particular vineyard or not hmm. you know and I saw this at St. Michelle all the time and, and, and actually in time It'll actually lose this color. Really? Yeah. This is a brilliant, um, brilliant gold. And in the glass, it seems like it has some viscosity. It just feels mm -hmm. like it has weight to it. Whereas a lot of Sauv Blancs these days with New Zealand, you know, take, everyone's kind of going for the pyrazine note. But this is, I love barrel fermentation because it gives you a richness in the mouth. Let's try it. Yeah. That's a, a beautifully, beautifully weighted wine. But the acidity is bright. Very bright. This is 2013? Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's what we were going for was a wine that had the volume and the, the, the density to it, but had this wonderful focus and live, liveness to it, you know, which Sablon could do. I mean, this is a wine that we feel, or I feel, that you can eat with oysters, you can eat with a steak. I mean, it can... It can Cross a lot of different boundaries, and it has a very complex nose. And and it's gone. <laughs> I know it's so good. I love it. Oh, we're sitting. We're here with Brennan Layton, winemaker extraordinaire, for um, working with Charles Smith and Andrew Latta. Andrew Latta here in Walla Walla Valley on Happy Hour Radio. I've got a beautiful glass of uh, brilliant gold wine, which is a Sauvignon Blanc, barrel fermented. Um, you said fifteen months aged. No, Sir? no, only five months. Five months. That was the Chardonnay we were chatting yeah. about. Yeah. Okay. It's lovely. So how do you maintain such brilliant acidity with um, a barrel fermentation? Vineyard. Vineyard? It's just high elevation. And bricks, right? So you're really pulling it a little earlier, so it's not... No, I pulled this in... Uh, it's a cooler site. I pulled <sighs> this the first week of October at like... Uh, I think the alcohol in this is uh, like 13.4, and it's, you know... 
high acidity. The acidity is like, I think a little bit over eight grams. It's like the pH is pretty low on it. I mean, it's just a beautiful wine. Yeah, it's, And that's uh, the whole idea about picking your site mm -hmm. for a Sauvignon Blanc. So you can get all that beautiful character without the alcohol and keep the acid. That's the whole idea. I love, I love the acid. To me, that's the hallmark of any great white wine because it just gives you such length. It is the, uh, the laser beam that allows you to just take on all those flavors and carry it through like for an eternity. And what is the production of this wine? 1,500 cases. 1,500 cases. And I see you brought a Magnum, which is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have uh, several mag. We, we do a lot of, we're starting to do a lot more stuff in Magnums because we like to drink out of Magnums. We're very passionate about wine. I mean, if you hung out with Andrew, Charles, and myself, we drink a lot of wine and we talk wine all the time. I would say we're bigger nerds than most people are about wines. Very cool. Very cerebral. We won't say nerds. We'll say cerebral. No, no nerds is fine. <laughs> um, this is there's a sense of minerality here, I and mean, I think the acid always helps uh, that perception. But this reminds me of white grobs. I mean, I, I would be surprised that there wouldn't be semillon in here because they would have to put Bordeaux would have to have semillon to create that richness. Yeah, no, it's that's a hundred percent Sauvignon Blanc. And to me, I'll be honest, um, if there's any one and. Anyone who knows me knows how much I love Sauvignon Blanc. It's like my passion. And I would say that everything that I think about Sauvignon Blanc um, has to do with Didier Dagonau. Yeah, gosh. Hey, uh, Happy Hour Radio Land. If you have not yet had a bottle of uh, Pouille uh, Fumé or uh, Didier Selex, uh, Dagonau Sauvignon Blanc at the Loire Valley is um, it's an epiphany moment. So <laughs> drop the hundred bucks. That, uh, if you can find it, buy it, and then you'll love it. You'll fall in love with Sauvignon Blanc all over again because uh, that is one of the most amazing expressions in the world. And wine in general. I mean, that wine is yeah. just, yeah. You can talk about Montrachet, Chardonnay, and Didier Silex in the same sentence. It's just like that. And you brought some Chardonnay. Let's talk about those. Um, which one are you going to pour for me first? I'm going to pour the Frenchman Hills first. Um, the Frenchman Hills... Um, about half of it was fermented in the concrete tanks, and um, the other was fermented in, in large punching barrels. It's about 20% new French oak. Um, it's 100% ML, uh, higher elevation, higher acid, uh, really beautiful focus to it. Um, and so that's why we're going to do this first. I, I love this one. I take it Charles has all the toys for winemakers to play with? concrete the eggs and whatnot you know we we don't we don't just spend money to spend money we 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 uh make wines and spend money to make great wines because we want to make something spectacular that's i mean everything we do is not to be showy i mean if you've been to our winery it's not a real show-off place it's just very cut and dry we do things because it makes things better well, I'll buy that. And uh, again, we have another brilliantly gold wine in the glass. And um, it's, uh, it has a, there's, there's a hint of fluorescence in this wine. This just seems to have some electrical energy in it. I mean, look at it. Whereas that's brilliant gold. This just has a touch of green to it. Yeah, it's the green, isn't it? Yeah. Let's try it. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Okay, we'll just have a moment of silence because I am um, 
I'm going to have a mouthgasm right now. <laughs> you say that. Uh, wow, this is fantastic. Finally. You know, I want to talk about Washington Chardonnay, but there's so few that you can actually point to and go, mm, it's a meh. I mean, no offense to the people who have done it, but this is taking it to the next level because I want to talk about style, class, elegance, body, flavor, length, finish, and this has got it all. You did it. Yeah. And I'm sure you can do even better down the road when you get to play with this and just really find your niche and, and what you're hanging on to. But this is delicious. Yeah. No, I agree. That's, you know, we, we went out to make a wine um, that we felt can represent Washington Chardonnay in a way that is world class and people will understand and, and love. And mm. I think we're getting there. You I know, think we did it, actually. You did it. This is... I'm I'm impressed and I, I'm almost speechless because this is just so overwhelmingly pleasurable. <laughs> it is. It's pure pleasure. And like, we just bottled that yesterday. Really? It, it was is, expressing so much more yesterday really? before we bottled it. This is it. in shock? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I am in shock. My goodness. <laughs> the acid is so... Um, it reminds me of lust. It's just so powdery fine. It mm. just... It's, it's like touching you with like putting lotion on your skin it's like wow this is just so creamy um but the acid carries that's great wait till uh my sweetheart case takes taste this and she'll be like mm, my goodness well you said you have names for this yet this is the same project or different label no so this is called Mo uh six toe six toe okay. so six toe is um it has several meanings uh charles and and I were driving to Seattle one day and he started, we started talking about, um, actually, uh, the documentary, um, um, finding sugar man or searching for sugar man oh, yeah. about Sixto Rodriguez mm -hmm. and how much we really, it, it really inspired us and made us feel really good about things. And, um, we start talking about the name Six Toe, and we start talking. He was a musician, right? He was a musician who um, made a couple albums in the early seventies. San Francisco or New York? He was from Detroit. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. was the yeah, Detroit. And yeah. he uh, he uh, um, made a couple albums, and they didn't sell well here at all in America. And he kind of disappeared. And he was basically raised his family, and he was just a. a, a construction worker laborer in Detroit and just did his thing and, um, I think he got a doctorate in philosophy or something I mean just amazing human being with this very sharp charismatic mind but anyways his his music went unknown and it just so happens at the same time in the the late 70s and through the 80s um, South Africa was uh, was being isolated by the rest of the world because of apartheid, and the album somehow got into South Africa, and this man kind of represented a new idea for South Africa, and he became almost bigger than 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 El he was bigger than Elvis. He was their Elvis. And, he was their Elvis. A lot of people in South Africa. I know. So it's funny. So. In the late 2000s, he goes down, or in the in, in 2000s, he went down there and these huge concerts, and it was kind of the whole idea of uh, reinvention and, and rebirth of a greatness into something new, and it had to be somewhere else. And 
Charles thought that the idea of that connected to a Chardonnay wow. was a really good idea. This idea of reinvention and, and re, rebirth of a, of a grape that we think is, is so magnificent and to bring it somewhere n- new that it was kind of lost in was the idea. And so that's why we named it Six Toe. Wow, how appropriate. And you know, kudos to Charles Smith for you know, having that depth of connectivity. I know he's a music guy and so are you, but I mean, that was really just a tiny little nugget that most people, it's not mainstream. It's like you kind of got to be into music and to realize that that cat was something special and that story is really unique. And so Six Toe. S-I-X-T-O. Right. I was thinking it was like some, you know, I had a sister with six toes or something. <laughs> like, okay, that's that was the goofy part. And that's the funny thing that we have these misconceptions about our brethren in the business. Ah, Charles Smith, you know, six toes, what the hell is that? Right. But well, this you know, is deep. This is deep. You know, and then we were trying to figure out how we'd explain it kind of in a more generalized way. And we found out that six toe actually means six, which is where six toe Rodriguez got his name was he was the sixth child in the family. Oh. So that they called him six toe. And so in Latin, six toe is sixth. And so it's Charles's sixth project, and that's how we kind of brought it all together. <laughs> and the circle is complete yeah. yet again. Well, this is a fantastic Chardonnay. And the, uh, the next Chardonnay you have is uh, from where? So the next Chardonnay is from Rosa Hills. And uh, this is a warmer side. So this is going to be a little bit um, more New World in style. More tropical? More tropical. Yeah has a little bit more French oak. Um, this one we do allow a little bit more punch-ins to get a little bit more of that um, air contact, but thick stay burgundy barrels. Um, and uh, I think this side is wonderful. I mean, this, the soils themselves are white from the broken up limestone. Really? So yeah. that was under, that was under seabed one time. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. It's an amazing place. I mean, you know, I, I find it really interesting, you know, everyone always goes towards Red Mountain or the Rocks or Walla Walla and these are the places and it seems like all the new winemakers or winemakers tend to go these places. That, and I, I, I sit there and as a person who had the the luxury of seeing everything at St. Michelle and, you know, in this sea of vineyards, I thought there was these really special spaces and one of them was Evergreen where at FSD I, I brought the Riesling and the Chardonnay and the Sauvignon Blanc and I brought Evergreen out because I thought it was special and and um, and I feel like this is what we're trying to do again and this is uh, Rosa Hills. Well it makes so much sense especially for a Chardonnay because you know Kim Ridge and Clay is uh, you know Calcareous Marl which is in um, well basically you got chalk for, for champagne but Chablis, and it makes brilliant wines. Chablis has tons of that white soils yeah. all over the place. I mean, that was one of the things that I, you know, I see these soils and I go, oh my God, that's just like that hill in Chablis with that, you know, don't ask me to come up with names because my brain doesn't work like that. But, uh, <laughs> I can't even... Bougro, Blanchot, Le Clos, Grenoble, yeah, yeah. uh, Le Prusse, uh, That's what you guys Belmer and Baudisaire, <laughs> yes. That's what you guys Well, do. let's try this. And again, it's another deep, um, vibrant, uh, almost fluorescent gold green, um, but it's, it still looks electric. Mm. 
Wow, there's still elegance. Um, I should say polish in this one because mm -hmm. this is has this is a much fleshier wine. Mm -hmm. It um, it lays across. It's like a a blanket on the palate, but it's and the, I can just like the sands of time just dissipating on the tongue and just like little grains of sand flavor. This is this mouthfeel is great. I don't care what you say about the wines in any fashion. It's always about the mouthfeel. Mm. And, but you've got the acid. The acid is is obviously a little lower than uh, the Frenchman Hills, mm -hmm. um, but it still carries the weight of the wine. Mm -hmm. And you add a little more oak, which gives a little more texture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I'm glad that that you see that there's these. I mean, what we want to do with the Chardonnay, with all of our wines, we do a lot of single vineyard wines, even with K Vintners and all this stuff, is we want to show that these wines have a unique quality to them, and that they should have a unique quality to them, and that there's a reason to buy all four of the wines because each one has its own personality, personality. And profile and yeah mm. well um you know cheers to charles smith he i'm glad you picked up the phone that day in hawaii <laughs> Me too. because Me too. uh you have made some brilliant wines um so brendan lane how do we find these wines these will be released in the fall you say yes um god uh this is where i think this is a little bit above my on my um, pay grade, but um, through our taste room, um, uh, join our mailing list. Is one tasting room fit all? Is it the Charles Smith place, the downtown center, the center for enology and viticulture in downtown? You know, I don't, and here's where I wish um, Madeline Dow was here, oh. our, our PR marketing yes. person, is I don't know all the things I'm allowed to talk about. Okay. Or, but I, I would say this, that... Um, Keep your eyes and ears open. There's a lot of exciting things happening with Charles Smith Wines. And what we're doing, what's coming forward, is really cool and really awesome. And, and I think that people are going to be excited about not only something that I can show you, which is the Chardonnay, but the Sauvignon Blanc and what goes along with that. And the fact that Andrew and I have our own labels... Lata wines and be latent wines, which are really extraordinary, different ideas of wine attached to that, and and um, other things that that Charles has coming out, and you know I think we're a very exciting, vibrant company. We're not stagnant whatsoever, and you and it's it's. It's overwhelming <laughs> at times, but it's extremely exciting. Let's say you put the stag and stagnant if that would ever came about, because this is um, this is like a party just with such energy and excitement. I'm thrilled to have this opportunity to connect with you and to sit down on Happy Hour Radio, um, part of our In the Vineyard series. This segment went 30 minutes because okay. it was just this is just coming out, man. We gotta we gotta get this on record. Uh, so fun. Brennan Layton, good to chat with you. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate Thanks, it. Brennan. Um, so we'll look for these wines. Uh, I'm going to finish what's in my glass. And I hope all of you who are uh, tuning in on this podcast and in the library archives will check out what's happening here in Walla Walla and the world. Who knows where Charles Smith is going next here on Happy Hour Radio. <laughs>